Good morning and welcome to St John's for our online worship service. It's great to have you joining with us, whether you're watching on a Sunday morning or whether you're watching sometime later. Uh, it's great to be able to worship God together and while of course we can't yet be together in the same building, we are still God's church, we are his people and we are united by his spirit. And God is present with us as we pray, as we sing his praise at home and as we worship. Well, today in our service we're thinking about creation and how Christ was before all things and holds all things together. Perhaps a useful reminder in this chaotic time that we live in that God holds all things together through Christ. Children who are watching, we have together our home materials that were sent out via email or you can download from our website. And there are some suggested activities and prayers that you can do and also some uh, activities that you can do on the worksheets that are there for you to download. And we're also going to begin our time together as we always do by lighting a candle. You might want to do this at home. Gospel reading is all about how Jesus is the light of the world and light shining in the darkness of our world. And so as we light our candle, we remember the light of Christ with us, uh, leading us through these dark times that we live in. And we've had some actions as we lit it. As we light our candle, we remember God is good and God is with us. So we begin with these opening words. Do join in with the words in bold as they appear on the screen. God in Christ has revealed his glory. Come, let us worship. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the Lord's name is greatly to be praised. Give him praise, you servants of the Lord. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. And now we're going to have our first song. Oh 
Well, as we worship God, the King of all creation, let's take a moment now to, to prepare our hearts and our minds to hear from him today. So we're going to use this prayer of preparation. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. And as we come before God in worship, it's also important to take a moment to say sorry. Like in any relationship, it's important to say sorry for those things that we've done wrong that have got in the way of that relationship. And even if we're not aware of some of the things that have got in the way of our relationship with God, we're going to use these words of confession now to confess before him our own sin. We say together, God of mercy, we acknowledge that we are all sinners. We turn from the wrong that we have thought and said and done and are mindful of all that we have failed to do. For the sake of Jesus who died for us, forgive us all that is past and help us to live each day in the light of Christ our Lord. Amen. So may the God of love bring us back to himself, forgive us our sins, and assure us of his love in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And the prayer for the day. Almighty God, you have created the heavens and the earth and made us in your own image. Teach us to discern your hand in all your works and your likeness in all your children. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit reigns supreme over all things, now and forever. Amen. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20. The supremacy of the Son of God. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For him in for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the, he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, we are making peace through his blood shed on the cross. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being 
in him was life. And that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Here ends the reading. Good morning. Before we start, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we can come to you through scripture and get to know you better through stories that reach across the ages. We ask this morning that you'll reveal yourself to us afresh, that we'll learn more of you, more of ourselves, more of Jesus. Amen. So, Jesus is the visible likeness of the invisible God. At least that is what it says in this morning's reading, which is Paul's letter to Colossians. And Colossians, if you don't know, is a letter to a very small group, we think, of probably quite new Christians living in the area of Colossae. Uh, Colossae was a Roman province, so sort of an outpost of the Roman Empire, uh, located roughly where modern day Turkey is today. And it's really interesting, I think, that Paul should say this to them about Jesus being the visible likeness of God, uh, given that he's writing at a time quite long after Jesus has ascended and left his sort of human life uh, behind and gone up to the right hand of the Father. So he's not really very visible at all uh, when Paul was writing this letter. At least not in the sense that the people of Colossae were probably expecting him to be or most likely would have appreciated him to be. See, a bit like us today, the Christians that Paul was writing to in Colossae were something of a minority religion. So they were living amongst lots of different people of all different faiths. It was a real hub of different religious activity, this area. Um, some of the people would have been Jewish that they were living among. Some of them would have been slightly weird offshoots of Christianity. There was quite a famous angel cult in the area where people were thought to have worshipped the Archangel Michael. Um, but most of the people around them would have been sort of Roman pagans worshipping the Roman gods. Um, so there would have been a lot of statues and idols and shrines all over the city uh, that people could go and pray to uh, the gods and goddesses and leave offerings at. Uh, and Colossae, in fact, was on the trade route to a place called Ephesus, which you may have heard of. It's still quite famous today because it used to have a really huge temple to the goddess Diana there. It was enormous um, and it was a real centre 
for idol worship in the area. So people would have been traveling through Colossae on their way to go there and to worship and take part in festivals concerning idols. So you see, for the Christians that Paul was writing to, all the people around them really would have valued what could be seen. They really valued the idea of a physical, tangible God that could be seen and heard and touched. And most likely for these Christians that are being written to, it probably been the case quite recently as well. From what the letter talks about, it seems quite probable that these people had converted from quite a recent pagan Roman background. And they were probably struggling to leave behind old habits from what Paul talks about in the rest of the letter. It seems that when times were getting tough for these people, they were returning to familiar comforts, seeking out old habits, putting their faith in treasures that they could see and feel and turning away from their belief in Jesus as a living and active God. I wonder if you can relate to that. And certainly there's days when I've felt like a bit of a Colossian, especially now when things are so hard for so many of us, when so many of us are grieving or worrying about money or jobs or missing our families or friends or just absolutely sick of another walk in the rain every day. With nothing else to do. And I think it can often seem easier to turn to the things in this life that we can see and that we can feel and hold on to for comfort. I think it can feel more comforting and more real to turn to greasy food or alcohol or TV or online shopping or checking our bank balance or smoking or whatever it is of the million other things that seem to be there for us in a more concrete way than Jesus Christ. I think because when life gets hard, Jesus can feel very, very far from visible. He can feel so invisible for us to doubt his presence at all. His comfort can seem too hard to grasp hold of. So hard it feels almost impossible not to turn to these more visible, touchable mini-gods of ours that seem to promise so much more reward and comfort and reassurance for our time and attention. We might ask ourselves, where is Jesus right now? Where is this visible presence of the invisible God? Well, Paul isn't just rubbing it in, in this letter. He's not trying to get the Christians of Colossae to look around them for Jesus like some mad where's Wally and then just give up and turn back to idols. He's speaking the truth to them when he says that Jesus is the invisible presence of the invisible God. Because Jesus may have left the uh, earth in human form he was then, and he is still a very physical, very real presence here. He is still the visible presence of the invisible God. We just need to know where to look for him. And helpfully, Jesus himself tells us where. It's uh, really useful of him. In Matthew 25, Jesus tells us, he says, Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Here comes the famous bit. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. So it's quite simple in many ways. If we wish to see Jesus now, if we wish to know his presence, we must look for him among those that we can help. We must go looking for people to serve. That's the way that we find our king. 
When I was thinking about this this week, it put me in mind of a story about my sister-in-law, who, when she was a really little girl, loved Barney the Dinosaur, the TV show. I don't know if people around my age or older will remember this. But it was about a big purple dinosaur called Barney, and he had a uh, bunch of kids there. He had a bunch of friends, little kids, um, and they all used to go on adventures together every week. And one of Barney's catchphrases was that you can go anywhere in your imagination, anywhere you want. If you just imagine it, you can go there. And so my sister-in-law, Avian, took this really seriously because she really trusted Barney. And so one day she really wanted to go to her favourite theme park, which I think is called Tatoland because they're Irish and that's a real theme park. So she really wanted to go and believing Barney, she just closed her eyes and tried to imagine that she was there thinking, as Barney had said, when she opened her eyes, she would be there. And of course she wasn't. She stood in the living room and she closed her eyes and she thought really, really, really hard about this theme park. And then she opened her eyes and she was still in the living room. And she cried her eyes out for hours. She was distraught because Barney had lied to her, she felt. And she'd really trusted that it was that simple. If she wanted to physically be and see and be in this theme park, all she had to do was follow these instructions. And I think... Sometimes Paul's instructions to us here and Jesus' instructions can feel a little bit like that, that we're being told, oh, well, if you just do this, then you will feel Jesus and you will see Jesus. And sometimes it can feel that's not the case. But truly, it's not a trick or a metaphor. Jesus isn't Barney the dinosaur. He really is telling us where he can be found and felt and known on this earth. In our lives right now, that feeling that you get when you do something good, that rush of joy and pleasure and sometimes relief from not having done something that you know is wrong or selfish. That feeling is God. It's his pleasure in you. It's his joy rushing to meet you. And the more good we do, I think the more closely we follow Christ's commands and to serve and to love others, the more of God's pleasure and nearness we feel. He soon comes to feel far from invisible far from unreal, far from absent. The more that we follow his commandments, the more that we seek after that feeling of God's pleasure, his kingdom reveals itself to be near, more near than any physical comfort or pleasure that we could pick out of this world could give us. And really it's quite unsurprising that when we do what God says will bring us closer to him, we feel closer to him. But it can feel like a Barney the Dinosaur moment until we do it. And we can talk ourselves out of it in a million different ways. You might be thinking right now, but I don't have anything to give to anyone. I can't honestly think of anyone that's more in need than myself. You might be thinking, I've got no money, I've got no health, I've got no spare time or cash or energy to give to anybody. Right now, I'm just trying to scrape through the days. If I had all of these things that you're saying I should give away, then I wouldn't be feeling so empty and far from Jesus. But you do have something to give, because we all have something to give. We've all got our heart and our love and our patience and our faith. And the world is always in need of more Christian faith to be shown to it. And these aren't second best gifts, they're not consolation prizes in place of money or food or time, things that people would appreciate more. They're not. These are the gifts of the Spirit. They're the most precious things that we can give to other human beings. And they're so easy to give away. They're so desperately needed. And when we share them, we only get more of them back from God. See, we have nothing to lose in this and everything to gain.
We are rich people. We, the Christian people, are the richest people on this earth. It doesn't matter what our personal circumstances are. Christ has given us greater treasures than anything on this earth. And the minute we start going in search of people to give them to, that is when we see the face of Jesus. That is when we know him to be real. That is when we know him to be the visible presence of the invisible God. So I think this week, as we go about our lives, in harder times than most of us will have ever faced, really, let's try not to be as the Colossians were. Let's try not to turn to those things that promise only empty pleasures, only empty rewards. When we feel that we need to see Jesus in our lives, when we feel that we need to be uplifted, let us look at the riches we possess and say, right, where is my master? How can I serve him today? Let us see what a richer church that will make us. Amen. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Let us pray. As Christians in Christ, let us see Christ as the light that shines in our darkness, 
And let us remember that Christ is the same as God with us and among us in human form, and that he died on the cross for us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, as we listen to your word this morning, grant to us as a church the spirit of unity to live our lives in your praise and glory. Let us believe that it is through your word that we are brought together in fellowship to bear witness to your teachings and blessings. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Our Lord and our God, as we continue to face COVID-19, with challenging days, isolation, economic hardships and fear, let us remember those who have died from the pandemic. Today we remember Captain Sartor Moore, who died on Tuesday, and many others. Father, we pray that their souls, through your mercy, may rest in eternal peace, and that their families may find consolation and hope. Father, we continue to pray for all frontline workers for strength and courage to continue to serve humanity. We also pray for all vaccines as we reach the one million rollout. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful God, the power behind creation, as the world faces a climate emergency with land loss, flooding and unpredictable weather changes, we pray for your intervention to end global poverty and suffering. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we celebrate Children's Mental Week, we pray for all children in crisis. Loving God, we pray for care and support for all children, and we surrender them to your care to guide them as they face family problems, health, the effects of lockdown, with no pastoral services available. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick at home, in hospitals and care homes, especially those in our congregation who have asked for our prayers. Lord, be present with them and grant them the fullness of life which is your will for all. Father, we pray for those who have died, giving thanks for all who have lived and prayed in our church. Lord, raise them with Christ in eternal glory so that they can see your glory forever and ever. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus blood 
now for some notices. This week our book group starts. Uh, we're looking at Tom Wright's new book God and the Pandemic uh, and looking at how he helps us navigate through this difficult time and how we can think about faith and how our own faith sustains us. So that's going to be starting this Wednesday and we have two sessions, uh, two options. One is a daytime one at meeting at 12.30 and the other is an evening one at 7.30. Both are on Zoom. Uh, details are going to be emailed out uh, so you need to sign up for that you can either do so by going on our website and looking at the what's on section you'll find the page for that there or send myself an email um, and we can get you signed up for that and we'll send the login details for the zoom via email that way so that's going to be meeting on wednesdays uh, except for wednesday in a week and a half's time which is of course ash wednesday and marks the beginning of Lent and so we're going to be marking that day with a service on Zoom. Uh, normally we would be having a service of ashing in church, of course we're unable to be in church at the moment but we can have a, a similar service at home and it will be done on Zoom uh, so you, more details will be forthcoming about accessing that uh, but just uh, put that date in your diary that will be at 7.30 on Ash Wednesday. Otherwise, we continue to meet on Facebook and we have evening prayer on Zoom on Tuesdays. And of course, we have after church coffee on Zoom. Uh, do join us at half 11 today, immediately after the service uh, for some coffee and chat on Zoom. But as we close our time together, we close with a prayer of blessing. And you might want to hold out your hands, symbolic of receiving God's blessing. As we ask for his strength, anointing of his spirit to carry us through this coming week. So the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you 
and remain with you always. Amen.